Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. We need to talk about building because God is moving us to a place of building. Amen. Where is a large indoor auditorium in this country that can have thousands and thousands of people? We don't have any. A large, massive auditorium that is indoor where we can have crusades where we can do meetings, so that even when it rains, you know, the rain doesn't affect our meetings. We don't have such in our country. And the culture that is in, the, in this continent of Africa, where I live, and I, I feel like I have the confidence to speak about it because I live in this continent as well. The culture is so bad that we have a lot of coups in Africa. Recently, we had one in Niger, another one in Burkina Faso. In fact, Burkina Faso had two coups. Then we had one in Sudan. Then we had another one in Guinea. Then we had another one in Mali. Mali also had two coups in nine months. Not even a year, two coups in nine months. Look at our neighbors here in Somalia. They had a coup. They assassinated their president. Up to today, the country has never recovered. They can't build because they are always fighting. We engage in law, very long civil wars, and our people are displaced. They go and live in camps in deplorable conditions. They have to move to other countries. Recently, we had, a, uh, we had a name that was coined in our country called IDPs, internally displaced persons. You are in your own country, but you cannot live in your house. You are in your own country, but you cannot go to your business. You are forced to go and live in a camp somewhere and live at the mercy of handouts. Civil wars, people are running from one place to another. It only happens in Africa, mostly. And so if we have all these civil wars, we don't have time to build. We don't have time to establish anything on the ground. We don't have time to develop our countries. No wonder the African country is poorer and poorer and poorer. We are thirsty for power and we can do anything to kill so that we can get power. No wonder we have refugees. Now people have to help us in our own country. And the country is so blessed. We have so many slums. We can't build. We don't have the vision to build. Many of us are living in rented houses. We don't have a vision to build. It's like we are going to pass on the same cycle to our children. Your grandfather was renting. Your father was renting. You, you are now renting. Your children are likely to rent. Your grandchildren are likely to rent. Your great-great-grandchildren are likely to rent. Your great-great-great-grandchildren are, are likely to rent. What kind of a mess do we have in this country? That's why I have to preach this message today. That we may break out of this cycle in the name of Jesus. As long as I'm your pastor, I will preach until you build your house. I'll preach until you build something. I'll preach to you until you come out of your comfort zone and establish something on the ground. Slap your neighbor and tell them you have to build something. Our electioneering period is life and death. People have to get power. If they don't get power, they start killing people. They start destroying property. They start burning cars. Why should you burn my car? What did my car do to you? Why should you burn your neighbor's house? Yeah, what, 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 what did his house do to you? Why should you destroy somebody's business? Break the door and you go and loot. Simply because your candidate did not win. A candidate who doesn't even know you. Even when he gets to power, he can't give you anything. He doesn't even know. You will never even shake his hand. 
You will never even see him live. And you go to your neighbor that you have been living with for 20 years and 30 years, burn his house, and even kill him or displace him and chase him out of that house. What is wrong with us Africans? What is wrong with you? Something is wrong in our wiring. We need to change our thinking. I say we need to change our thinking. We, we need to change the way we view life. God has put us here on earth to have dominion. God has put us here on earth to improve this planet called earth. We are put here to build. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, it is time to build. Shake them a little bit and tell them, it is time to build. Three things that I want you to aspire to build quickly. Number one, we must build cities. We must build cities. Tell your neighbor, we must build cities. I mean, the, the mess that we see in our cities today, I believe very strongly that God is anointed Christ, anointing Christians in our generation to be able to build cities. I'm looking forward to days, I prophesy right now, I'm looking forward to days that Christians will buy huge chunks of land and build cities. Beautiful cities, beautiful houses, and give Kenyans decent living. They will even name those cities biblical names. They will give streets biblical names. The Highway of Holiness, Holy Spirit Road, Victory Gated Community. I prophesy that will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder amen in this house? Tell your neighbor I receive that prophecy right now. We will go and buy land. We will go and buy huge chunks of land. Build houses. Sell them. Build houses. Sell them. Build houses. Sell them. Set structures. Set systems. The, the light will always be there. Water will always be flowing. The road will be there. Security will be there. It will be a decent living in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 4. Give me that scripture quickly. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 4. I show you something here very powerful. Medium, move very quickly. I have a long way to go. Isaiah chapter 61. The Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The next verse, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Next verse, verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Verse 4. All of us, can we read in concert? And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations you are the one that god is talking about that you shall repair cities you shall build cities the anointing will come upon you to build cities i wish i can get a better amen i pray that may you catch an anointing today that will stretch your capacity not just to build one house, but to build a city. You will build 10 houses, 20 houses, 30 houses. Put electricity, put banks there, put hospitals there. You will establish a city in the name of Jesus. Can I hear thunderous amen in this house? 
Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 12, the Bible says, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I believe with all my heart that we are moving into that dispensation where we are going to bring order where there is chaos. Can I hear an amen? We are going to be the solution to the traffic menace in this nation. We are going to be the solution to insecurity in this nation. We are going to be the solution for you know, lack of water, lack of sanitation in this nation. God is releasing an anointing. It might not be everybody, but for some who believe in this service, God is releasing an anointing upon you to build cities in the name of Jesus. You will repair old, old waste places in the name of Jesus. You will repair ruined cities in the name of Jesus. You will build cities in Jesus' name. If that is you, shout, I receive it. Number two. You should aspire to build houses. You must aspire to build your crib. You must aspire to build houses. Because as I said earlier, the house you are living in, somebody went through a painstaking effort to build it. So you must aspire to build houses. You must have a plan. You must have man money management skills. You must have a vision. You must have a desire to be able to build a house. Amen. It should be new. May you receive the anointing to build your house. Over and above the vision, the money, the capital, the strategy. May you receive the anointing to be able to build your house in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. amen. Ask your neighbor, why are you not shouting amen? Do you want to stay in rent for the rest of your life? How many are saying, Pastor, I'm tired of paying rent. I need to live in my own house. All those who have lifted their hands, receive your house in the name of Jesus. Receive an anointing that will pave way for you to build your house and to live in your house in the name of Jesus. And not only your house, you will build houses. Hey, who am I preaching to in this house? I say you will build houses in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm about to invite you for housewarming. I don't know why they call it housewarming. I don't, I, maybe the house is cold. I don't know. But just tell your neighbor, 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 neighbor. I'm about to invite you for my housewarming. I see myself dedicating your house. I see myself coming to your beautiful home, beautiful house, pouring oil and dedicating your house in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, thank God for your car. But there is another level. I've been dedicating cars, but I feel like God is pushing us to another level. An anointing is coming upon you. I will be dedicating houses, left, right, and center in the name of Jesus. If you are aggressive enough, shout a louder amen in this house. So God has to help us. Sit down. We have to receive an anointing. Otherwise, you can see it is not easy. The taxes are increasing every day. The economy is not doing very well. But even in this economy, we can build. We will build. 
Even with this mounting of taxes, left, right, and center, we will still build. Because our economy is not dictated by external forces. When God says it, we believe it, and it will come to pass in the name of Jesus. Throw your hands up and say, I believe. I will build houses. Psalm 127 verse 1, the Bible says, unless the house, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So you can see that you need divine help for you to be able to build. You need an anointing. You need an anointing. You need a builder's anointing for you to be able to build. Hallelujah. May God help you. May you receive divine help. May you receive an anointing to be able to build to construct and to finish your house in the name of Jesus. May God release a grace upon you. May God empower you to make wealth that you may be able to build a house where you will settle your family in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I prophesy over my life. It's like you don't want prophecy. So let me prophesy over my life that I will not die without giving my children houses. I prophesy over your life too. You will not die before giving your children houses. You will not just give them a house, but you will give them houses. Two houses, three houses, four houses, five houses, 20 houses, 30 houses, 100 houses, 200 houses. Who am I preaching to in this house? Shout, I receive that prophecy in the name of Jesus. Number three. See that? Number three, what you should aspire to build is churches. You build cities, you build your crib, you build houses, and also you will build churches. Jesus identified himself as the son of man. Because of the anointing, he accomplished marvelous things as a son of man. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. He was anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed. He was able to do marvelous things because of the anointing of God upon his life. As a son of man, he did exploits. You are a son of man. If you want to do exploits, you need the anointing. You are a son of man who is born in Africa. If you are going to build a house, you need an anointing. If we are going to build a church, then we need to be anointed for us to be able to do so. Amen. With the anointing upon the life of Jesus, he made this statement that is very powerful, that has reverberated all through history. This is what he said in Matthew chapter 16 in, and, and verse 18. I will build my church. Somebody shout my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He proclaimed this because of the anointing of God upon his life. So the anointing is not just to heal. The anointing is not just to cleanse lepers. The anointing is not just to open blind eyes. The anointing is not just to bring salvation to those who are lost. But the anointing also is for building the house of God. Can I hear an amen in this house? Tell your neighbor, the anointing is for building churches. And as we build these churches, no gate of hell 
shall be able to prevail against these churches. Amen. That's why we must build. Because when you establish a church in a place, that church will be there until Jesus comes back. When you build a church in a place, you shame the devil in that territory. When you build a church in a place, the church becomes a stronghold in that particular place. In that place, people will come and pray. In that place, people will come and receive their blessing. In that place, people will, be, people will come and be taught the word of God. In that place, people will come and receive their miracle. That's why we are building the miracle cathedral. A place where people who are bound will be delivered. Those who need miracles, they will receive them in Jesus' name. Can I hear a louder amen in this house? Tell your neighbor one more time, the anointing is for building churches. So the anointing that you're going to receive today, will, it, it is not just for you to build cities, it is not just for you to build houses, but it's for you to build God's house. And I see us building the miracle cathedral and completing it in record time because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon our lives in the name of Jesus. I see ourselves worshiping in that building. I see ourselves praying in that building. I see ourselves, you know, lying prostrate on the floor, worshiping God in that beautiful cathedral. I can see the worship team on stage. I can see the band on stage. I can see people who are seated in the pews. I can see another group of people seated in the balcony. And I can see people raising up their hands and they are worshiping God. I can see cripples walking in our worship services. I can see blind eyes opening in our services. I can see people receiving breakthroughs in our services. I can see weddings being officiated in that, in that sanctuary. I can see babies being dedicated in that sanctuary. I can see signs and wonders taking place in that sanctuary. I can see the miraculous taking place in that sanctuary. Who am I preaching to in this house? I hope you'll be there as well. I prophesy that you will not die until you see the fulfillment of this prophecy in the name of Jesus. You will live to see the miracles. You will see, you live to see the blessings. You will see you will live to see the signs and wonders that will take place in the miracle cathedral in the name of Jesus shout yes if you believe it shout a louder yes if you believe it my goodness I feel like preaching this morning I feel something 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 pushing me to preach this morning slap your neighbor and tell them I will be there tell them I will be there in the name of Jesus I will be there to see the breakthroughs. I'll be there to see the miraculous. I'll be there to see signs and wonders. I will be there to see people worshiping in the balcony. I'll be there to see the 3,000 worshipers in that building. I will be there. I will be there. I am not dying anytime soon. The devil is a liar. I will leave to see the fulfillment of this prophecy in the name of Jesus. If you know you'll be there, give Jesus, a shout in this house. Can we go a little bit deeper? And so we need an anointing. Everybody here, you need an anointing for us to make the miracle cathedral become a reality. So how do we stir up this anointing to build churches? Because today is a special day. 
How do we stop this anointing, the builder's anointing, to build churches? Number one, we must have a strong desire to build the house of God. We must have a very strong desire to build the house of God. You know, as a human being, you have different types of desires. You desire good, good life, you desire money, you desire health, you desire a beautiful lady by your side, you desire a tall, dark, handsome guy by your side. Some of you desire strong men who can protect you and keep you. Some of you desire a plump woman. Because the bigger it is, the more there is to love. People desire different things, isn't it? We have different types of desires. Yeah, there are people who desire good sex. I should expose your neighbor. It's true. Can I tell you something? 70% of internet traffic is pornography. 70% of internet traffic is pornography. That tells you something, that a greater majority of us, we are looking for good sex. You're very quiet. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you can never argue with statistics. You know, I'm tempted to ask you, how many have ever gone to... All right, let's come back here. So we must have a strong desire, a very strong desire to build the house of God. Now, that desire will start up the builder's anointing inside of you. Amen? When you look at the story we have read, I haven't forgotten the story. In 2 Chronicles chapter 24, it talks about a king there by the name Joash. And this king, when you look at verse 4, the Bible says that he set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. He set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. That means he had a strong desire that consumed him. He really wanted the house of God to be built. If you're going to start the builder's anointing, you know, for building God's house, we must have a desire to see the house of God built. Do you know many Christians are in church, but they don't care about where they worship? Especially in Africa and especially in Kenya. When you look at charismatic churches, it is a very sad story. We don't care where we worship. And we are not concerned about where we worship. You know, we only care about, you know, coming there, singing, dropping a few coins in the offering basket, and then we leave. But we don't care where we worship. That's why I, I want to really change your desires so that you start caring about God's house. Because if you beautify the house of the Lord, he will beautify yours as well. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But many charismatic churches, they don't care about building God's house. That's why many charismatic churches are in hotels. Yes, they're in hotels. They want something that is already built, a nice air-conditioned room where they can run their services there and they can stay there for 20 years or 30 years. Many of them are in schools. Many of them are in malls. 
We don't care about building the house of God. We don't want to go through the rigorous exercise, you know, painstaking effort to build the house of God. You know, there are people here who are even wondering, why are we building the house? This tent is okay. We are fine. We love it. When it is hot, we open the flaps. When it is cold, we drop down the flaps. We are okay. We are fine. We are enjoying. The music is nice. The screens are there and everything is fine. But look, this is, this is not what God loves. Yeah, this is just temporal. We must build him a beautiful house. Oh, I wish I had a witness here. I say we must build him a beautiful house. So it begins with a desire. We should never rest at this level. We should never relax at this level. We should never say that we have arrived. No, we haven't arrived. We must build a beautiful cathedral for our God. He has given us his best. We need to give him our best as well. He gave us Jesus, his only begotten son. That was a very pricey sacrifice. We have to also push ourselves and sacrifice and ensure that we give God a, such a wonderful place where he can reside and where he can bless his people. Are you with me, somebody? Are you with me, somebody? So a king had a desire to build. We should also have a desire to build the house of God. Amen. Psalms chapter 132 also tells us about another king by the name David. Psalms 132, we can run there quickly from verse 1. The Bible says, Lord, remember David and all his affliction. Verse 2, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord. My goodness. A dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. David says, I will not rest easy. I will not sleep comfortably. I will not even go to my chamber. I will not relax until I see that the house of God has been built. I want to pray that such people will be raised in in this congregation. You will not rest easy until the miracle cathedral is completed. You will not relax until the miracle cathedral is completed. In the name of Jesus, you will not stop giving until you see that beautiful edifice built and established here in the name of Jesus. Slap your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I will not relax until it is finished. My goodness, we cannot be comfortable. We cannot relax. We cannot say that we have arrived until we see that building up there. And when we finish, we'll go and build others. Because we have a thousand pastors to raise. We have a thousand churches to plant. And we have shouted a thousand cathedrals. To do what? To build. So like David, we will not rest. Hallelujah. Like David, we will not relax. And you can see that David and Joash had a strong desire to see the house of God built. I pray that that will be your desire as well. I pray that that desire will consume you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I pray that that desire will cause you sleepless nights. I pray that that desire will make you think about the house of God when you're having lunch. I pray that that desire will cause you to think about God when you lose sleep. 
in the middle of the night. I pray that that desire will captivate you so much that you will give sacrificially to see the house of God build. I wish I had an amen in this. Number two, I'm almost done. How do we start this anointing? The builder's anointing. Number two, we must have a sense of urgency. We must have a sense of urgency. Ladies and gentlemen, we have no time to waste. Time is not on our side. I want you to know that we are here for a very short time. It's not as long as you think, but it's a very, very short time. We are here for a season. We are here for a moment. And so we can't waste time anymore. We have to do what we have to do before we are told time is up and we have to go. And when your time is up, let me tell you, you can't stay. You will have to go. When God tells you, now it's time for you to pack your belongings and come and join me in heaven. Nothing can stop you. Doctors can try what they can. But let me tell you, you will still go. They can put oxygen on your nose, but you will still go. They can pump your body with medicine, but you will still go. We are here for a very short time. You see, I was listening to Catherine Coleman, you know, a, a powerful woman of God who ministered in early 70s. And she was very, very anointed. In fact, this is the woman that released the impartation of the anointing to Benny Hinn. The, the, the ministry of miracles to Benny Hinn. And I was listening to her. And there was this particular day that she was having a crusade in, in Las Vegas. And that was in 1970. 1970, I was not even born. Why are you? The way you're looking at me is like you were there. <laughs> 1970, and miracles were happening in Las Vegas like a joke. And people were giving testimonies. 1970, I was not here. 1970, I didn't even know where I was. Did you know where you were in 1970? Can you tell me the neighbors you were living with in 1970? Were you eating? Were you even conscious? You were not even conscious, you know, in 1970. Yet there were people here on earth. But as we are speaking right now, Catherine Kuhlman is not in the world today. She came, she ministered, she did what she needed to do. And when her time was up, she had to leave and go. When I was growing up, I remember there was Reinhard Bonke who came to our city to do a crusade. The place was packed. How many know Reinhard Bonke? A mighty evangelist. He moved from one African country to another. Christ for all nations. And he was preaching, preaching through our radios. When I was growing up, I was seeing him. As we are speaking right now, Reinhard Bonke is not there. He is dead. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you that our time here is limited and we cannot waste time. We have to do what we need to do when we have the time to do it because time comes where you have to say bye. Yeah, we will feel very sorry to leave this earth and we have not accomplished what God has commanded us to accomplish. So we must build and we must have a sense of urgency. We must run as if something is chasing us. You have, to, you have to live every day as if something is chasing you. I'm talking to somebody right now. You have to live as if something is chasing you. Do you know the grave is chasing you? Oh yes, it's chasing you. It's calling on you. It wants you there. So you have to live as if something is chasing you. And you do what you need to do very, very quickly. So that when the time comes, you will truly, truly rest in peace. There are people who rest in pieces. They are discouraged, they are bitter, they are angry, they don't want to die. They wish they can have five more years, ten more years. But I don't want you to, to die with regrets. I want you to die a fulfilled man. I want you to die a fulfilled woman. I want you to say like Paul, I have fought the fight. I have kept the faith. You are ready to go and meet God. So slap your neighbor and tell them don't waste time. 
We must have a sense of urgency. Ladies and gentlemen, we must move with speed because speed will activate the builder's anointing. We must have the, 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 a sense of urgency so that we don't just build this miracle cathedral. We can build many more cathedrals before our time is over here. When we go back to the story of Joash in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 5, the Bible says that he gathered the priests and the levers. Now, look, this is a political leader and he's talking to spiritual leaders. It should be the other way around. I mean, I was so surprised. He's a political leader who has a desire to build God's house and the levers and the priests who are working for God is like they didn't have the, this desire. Verse 5, the Bible says, Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all Israel money. Somebody shout money. Shout it louder, money. Shout it louder again, money. Why are you not shouting louder? Are you afraid of money? Shout it louder, money. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, by the way, money is in the Bible. You know, I hear many people say, Oh, that church, they only talk about money. But money is in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, then we need to talk about it. Shout it again, money. That's not a shout. It's like you didn't have lunch. Did you have lunch? Huh? I thought on Sunday you have lunch and breakfast put together because the service is long. Anyway, did you have breakfast? Shout money one more time. So we should talk about money in the church. We should preach about money as well in the church. And we should encourage people to give so that the house of God may be built. Look at this king. He say, the Bible says he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year. And see that you do it. Shout the word. Come on, shout the word. Shout the word. He told them, I have a sense of urgency. This thing cannot wait any longer. We cannot drag our feet any longer. We cannot be slothful. We cannot be sluggish when it comes to building the house of God. We have to move with speed. And I'm preaching to you today so that you can gain a sense of urgency. We must move with speed. I say we must move with speed. I say we must move with speed. Shake your neighbor a little bit for me and tell them we have to do it quickly. Oh, shake another one and tell them we have to do it quickly. Welcome, first lady. We are happy to have you. Shake somebody else. And tell them we have to do it quickly. Tell your neighbor we have no time. We have to do it quickly. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy the speed anointing. Oh, my goodness. Upon COT, in the name of Jesus, I release the grace for speed upon your life. I release the anointing for speed upon your life. What took people 10 years will not take us 10 years. What took other people 20 years to build, it will not take us 20 years. I pray as this anointing comes upon us, as this grace comes upon us, we shall build God's house in record time in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout a louder amen. I feel like prophesying in the next few minutes. I prophesy as well. You will build your house speedily in the name of Jesus. Maybe they don't want this prophecy. Let me try this side. I say you will build your house speedily in the name of Jesus. Oh, they're trying. Let me come back again and try one more time. I say you will build your house very quickly in the name of Jesus. 
receive an anointing of speed in Jesus name somebody lift your hand and shout I receive it houses will come speedily your house will come speedily the churches will be built speedily cathedrals will be built speedily shout a louder yes in this house you will not die before you see the fulfillment of these prophecies in the name of Jesus shout another louder yes sit down no more delay the king said do it quickly do it fast we have to do it now because we can't wait we can't wait we can't wait please hear me let's not build this miracle cathedral in 10 years that's too long tell your neighbor it's too long shake your neighbor out of slumber and tell them it's too long let's do it quickly let's build it quickly i don't know if you're like me i can't wait to preach in that miracle cathedral oh yes oh yes i don't know about the worship team do you want to sing in that cathedral very soon i don't know about the tpm do you want to stand and serve people in that cathedral i don't know about the hospitality department do you want to be in that cathedral I don't know about these COT members. Do you want to sit in beautiful, comfortable seats in that cathedral? Oh, yes. God has to do it. But also we must have a sense of urgency. We have to have a sense of urgency. It's like, it's like an emergency. It has to be done. It has to be done. Touch your neighbor and tell them it has to be done. We have to do it. And look, we don't want to help. We don't want to. We don't want. We don't. We don't want to have that mindset of waiting for somebody to come and help us. We will do it ourselves. We are the ones who are going to do it. We will give and give and give and give and give. I say we will give and give and give and give and give and give. I say we will give monies. We'll give in kind. We'll give everything that is needed. Every day, every moment, every week, every Sunday, every Monday, every Friday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. We will give and give and give and give. Because it has to be done quickly in the name of Jesus. Give God a mighty hand of praise for speed. That verse says, however the Levites did not do it quickly. There are people who are dragging their feet. And we have such people in our churches today. Elders, not elders, elders, or elders who are elders, they hold the vision. We have believers who hold the vision. We have people who have been born in church for many years, and they don't want to build the house of God. Leaders who don't want to build the house of God. Members who don't want to build the house of God. That's why you can see a lot of sicknesses in our churches today, that when a church begins a building project, members move to another church. I mean, it's, it's a sickening kind of culture that I see in the house of God. It's like those members are intimidating pastors not to build. So pastors are afraid of building because the moment they start building, some, of, some people even remind the pastor, do you know you're going to lose some members? And so they start thinking of not having building projects. That's why many pastors, instead of building the church, they build themselves. So that by the time he starts building the church and you run away, you have built his house. But for me, I know my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If you live because we are building, God will replace you with 10 people. 
with more money than your money that you have. And the house of God will be built. Can I hear an amen? amen? I will never forget one day a sister in this church left this church. And she felt, my, all my stories are true. And she felt like because she was the highest bigger giver, she felt like if she leaves, the church will stop. We will not move. We will not grow. We will not pay our bills. We will not progress as a church. And she left and she said, I'm leaving. I'll see what you will do. Look at where we are. We have not stopped. We have just started. I say we have not stopped. And we will not stop. So even if you, you decide you are leaving, I'm telling you, God will replace you. You are highly replaceable. God will replace you with 100 people. 200 people, 300 people, because God is trying to make us humble, to show us that it is a privilege to build his house. He could have chosen somebody else, but he has decided to choose you so that through that building, he may bless you. So don't drag your feet. Slap your neighbor for me. I don't like the way you're slapping your neighbor. Slap your neighbor and tell them you have to do it quickly, 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 quickly. Slap another neighbor and tell them don't drag your feet. Don't be sluggish. Rise up and build the house of God. It has to be done. It has to be done. I know some of you don't like what I've said. But let me tell you it has to be done. I say it has to be done. I say it has to be done. And you must be humble enough to realize that even the monies that you have, it is God who gave you. It is not by power. It is not by might. You are rich because of the masses of God. You are blessed because of the masses of God. You have that job that you have because of the masses of God. God can just wave his hand like this. And everything you have disappears. So you have to be humble. I say you have to be humble. I say you have to be humble. Father, I pray for humility in this church. When people are humble, they will build your house. When people are humble, they will give towards your house. Because they will know everything that I have is so that I may build the house of God. Why do you think God gave you that house? Why do you think God gave you that home? Why do you think God gave you that job? He gave you so that you can remain humble and build his house. And we have to do it quickly. Tell everybody, we have to do it quickly. Tell another one, stop dragging your feet. We have to do it quickly. All the people who are dragging us, we pray for an anointing of speed to come upon you in the name of Jesus. There are people who are dragging us in the WhatsApp groups. They are the ones who are not contributing. And they are the ones who are loudest. Convert the volume of your voice into some monies. And let's do it quickly in the name of Jesus. Can I get a louder amen in this house? Number three, which I've already touched on it anyway, is generosity. We have to give. Generosity is the platform the builder's anointing rides on. Do you know that stinginess has never and will never build anything? When you're stingy, you stop the flow of the builder's anointing in your life. All of us, you need to understand that every time you're part of a church, God has factored in your money for the building of that church. Even if you move, you go to a small church which is not doing anything. God has already factored your money. When they start construction, you should be able to give. So you being here is God who brought you. 
Because he knows that the building has to be completed. Yeah? And God knows how much you earn. You can never lie to God. God even knows how much you give and what you keep behind. And I'll prove to you. Ananias was supposed to bring an offering to the house of God, isn't it? But he didn't bring everything that he had vowed to, to bring. And he came and stood before the man of God. You know, Peter was a fool of the Holy Ghost. And Peter told him, why are you lying? To the Holy Spirit. Because God could see what he left behind. And it was not what he initially had decided that he was going to give unto the Lord. So God knows your money. Yeah. He, he even knows when, when you give, but you have not really given. He knows. Tell your neighbor he knows. And the guy died. An offering killed him. An offering. His wife also came. They had agreed. You see, sometimes you should disagree with your, your partner. So that at least you may survive. Because if an, an Ananias' wife, Mrs. Ananias, disagreed with her husband based on that principle of lying to God, at least she could have survived and taken care of the children. Can you imagine both parents dying the same day? That's heavy. It's a huge blow to the family. It's a huge blow to the children. Amen. So God knows. Tell anybody God knows. Yeah, you might come and throw whatever you want to throw it, but God knows that you have not given. He knows you have not given. He didn't come from your heart. You didn't stretch yourself. You didn't really sacrifice. He knows you just did it as a formality. He knows because he knows everything you have is the one who has given you. He's given you the money. He has given you the resources. He has given you the position. He has given you everything. He has given you the privileges. And, and you even made a promise and you told him, God, if you open this door, this is the amount I'll give to you. But you have not kept your word. He knows. Tell you, never, you can never lie to God. Verse 8 to 10. People are very quiet. Let me finish my message. You see, when you touch money, the church becomes quiet. I don't know why. Tell your neighbor, money is needed in the house of God. Verse 8 to 10. The Bible says, then at the king's command, they made a chest. This is the king. He's not even coming from the Levites. What a king. I feel like hugging this king. King Joash. Then at the king's command, they made a chest. Somebody shout a chest. And set it outside at the gate of the house of the Lord. The chest was outside the gate of the house of the Lord. And they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, had imposed on Israel in the wilderness. There is an amount that Moses had imposed on the children of Israel to give towards the building of God's house. This king had even to go back and do some study when Moses was told to build the house of God. What did he do? He went back there and he read the story and he said, lele, 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 lele. these people must give. We want the gold, we want the silver, we want the materials, we want everything. Do you remember when Moses was commanded by God to ask the children of Israel to bring an offering for the building of the tabernacle? So the king said, we are going to give everything. Touch your neighbor, tell them we will give everything. Oh, you didn't touch your neighbor. Are you scared of your neighbor? Touch your neighbor, shake them a little bit and tell them we will give everything. Oh, yes. We need ballast. We need gold. We need silver. We need seats. Hallelujah. By the way, as we progress, we shall be building also in dimensions. When we need seats, I will want every one of you to buy a seat. And I will tell you how much the seat is. So touch your neighbor. Tell them, we need everything. We need everything. So the king put the chest Give me the scripture. He put it outside. Then, go back to verse 8. Where are we? Or oh, where were we? 
Verse 8, quickly. 8. Then at the king's command, they made a chest. Uh -huh. Verse 9. Beautiful. Someone said, beautiful. And they made a proclamation throughout Judah. Look at that. And Jerusalem. To bring to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, had imposed on, the, on, on Israel in the wilderness. Then verse 10. What happened? Then all the leaders and all the people rejoiced. They were happy to be told to give. Father, give me such a church. I want to pastor such people. It's giving time. All right, you shouted, but I didn't see joy on your faces. Let me try again. I say it's giving time to build the house of God. Touch your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor. You know, I know you. You've really tried. Oh, you've really tried. The people rejoice. They brought their contributions and put them into the chest until my Lord and my God, until all, not some, all had given. Collective responsibility. All had given. So it was not something that was left for a few people. Everybody participated in the giving of um, building the house of God. Amen. Now, when this kind of generosity kicks in. I am telling you, you'll be so surprised. God will anoint you to build. Even the houses we are talking about and the cities we are talking about, when, when, you, when you give, when you give towards God's work, you receive an anointing to build. I've realized in this world, there are people, I mean, it's so easy for them to build. It's so easy for them. If you talk to them, say, you know, I'm building something here, I'm building something here, I'm building something here. I mean, it's so easy for them to build. Have you ever met such people? Come on. Connie, who do you meet? Huh? Me, I've met people who are always building something. Always building something. Always building something. Always constructing something. Oh, I'm building this here. Oh, I'm building. I have this project here. I have a project in Meru. I have a project in Bungoma. I have a project in Eldoret. In fact, I'm going to Mombasa, you know, this weekend. Because there's something I'm seeing there that I need to put up. I... After we build, that will be your story. I see you traveling left, right, and center, building things, erecting things because of a builder's anointing. Who am I preaching to in this house? Receive the builder's anointing in the name of Jesus. Hey, verse 11. What happened? Verse 11. Give me verse 11. Quickly. So it was. Can we read it in concert? So it was. At that time, when the chest was brought to the king's official by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was... There was what? Shout it louder. There was what? Father, I prophesy much money in this, in, this, in this service. I prophesy much money for the miracle cathedral. Money from the east. Money from the west. Money from the south. Money from the north. In the name of Jesus. Shout a louder. Amen. Hey. That the king's scribe and the high priest officer came. Then they emptied the chest and took it and returned it to its place. Thus they did. Day. They were doing it every day. Day by day. And gathered money in abundance. Because building God's house requires a lot of money. So they gathered in abundance. Look, 
The kind of vision I have for this miracle cathedral, one day you will see it, but it's going to be state of the art. It's going to be state, the lighting, the seats, the sound. There will even be a carpet in the sanctuary. Before you enter, you have to clean your shoes. Don't bring mud from pipeline. Or at the river. Or Siokimao. Or where? Where is your mud from? Ask your neighbor. Where is your mud from? Rongai. Matasia. It will be a beautiful sanctuary. An amazing sanctuary. Let me tell you, you will not just say, I've been to church. You will say, I've been to an experience. Prophetic experience. The worship. The preaching. The ambience. The beauty. The lies. I wish I had a witness in this house. It will be state of the art. Am I talking to somebody in this house? You'll be taking photos in that church and people asking you, so, hey, I see you are in America. When did you travel? Hmm? Oh, I can see you are in UK, one of these wonderful, beautiful churches. Then you tell them, yeah, 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 yeah. I was in the Miracle Cathedral. Yeah. Then they ask, where is the Miracle Cathedral? You tell them, it's in Siokimao. Ah... Ah, uh, I wish I had a witness in this house. Ah! So it will require abundance of resources. Hallelujah. We will not cut corners. We will not compromise on quality. Hallelujah. Oh yes, we'll give it the best. Yes, the seats will be nice. The sound will be nice. Lights, fantastic. Yeah. And please, I'm reminding you, there will be a carpet on the, on the floor. From the entrance, all the way. Oh? No mud in the name of Jesus. It will be a beautiful sanctuary for Jehovah God. Hallelujah. So we have to be generous. We have to give. Because when we give, we activate the anointing. The builder's anointing upon our lives. Let me finish with this story and then we go into giving. First Kings chapter 18 is a story of Elijah. He gave. He gave a sacrifice to God. After killing the prophets of Baal, something happened to him that is very spectacular, very, 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 very marvelous, very wonderful, very powerful. When you look at verse 41 to 44, I believe, we can say it. We can read it rather. And Elijah said to Ahab, because after, after, after offering the, the sacrifice, the offering to the Lord, and the fire came down to consume the sacrifice, and then he killed the prophets of Baal, who had sung the whole day, dancing and cutting themselves, asking their God to come and consume the sacrifice, but it didn't happen. So Elijah lifted up a prayer to God, and God came down, consumed his sacrifice. Then Elijah turns to the king, King Ahab, and he tells the king, King, go up and eat. Remember there was a famine in the land. He tells him, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance 
of rain. Hallelujah. Yeah. Elijah was more accurate than our people in predicting rain. Elijah said there will be an El Nino and it came. Anyway, moving on swiftly. Eat and drink, for there will be an abundance. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of a miracle cathedral. I hear, I hear. I hear the sound of people worshiping from that cathedral, people praying from that cathedral. I hear the sound of music from that place. I hear this. I can hear it. I can see it. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Next verse, verse 42. Then what happened? So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face in between his knees, and he started praying, and said to his servants, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then what happened next? Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud. As small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. Before El Nino stops you. Take your chariot and run. Because if you don't run, the rain is going to do what? It's going to stop you. Look, Ahab takes the chariot to run. Elijah doesn't have a chariot. And the rain is coming. And he has just offered a sacrifice. Look at what happened, verse 45. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel, verse 46. Then the anointing. Because when the hand of God is upon you, it means the anointing is upon you. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he guarded up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. You're not getting what I'm saying. Ahab is on a chariot, kingly chariot, and he's running, moving to go to Jezreel. Elijah does not have a chariot. He's a common preacher without a chariot, but with the anointing. And the Bible says, when the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, he guarded up his loins. He adjusted his trouser. And he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. In other words, Elijah arrived before Ahab in Jezreel because of the anointing. I declare this anointing upon your life. That those who have already gone ahead of you with chariots, as the builder's anointing comes upon you, you will overtake them and arrive before they do in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. May this anointing make you overtake some people who had already gone before you. As you build God's house, may God release a builder's anointing. You will build more houses than your brothers. Oh, I'm not getting a louder amen. You will build more buildings than your sisters. You will build more buildings than your parents. If it is your prophecy, shout a louder amen. Receive it in Jesus' name. 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 May you overtake the people who have already gone before you because of the builders.
anointing. Let's turn to our feet. Lift up your hands. Father, we receive this anointing. We receive it right now. Can you open your mouth and pray to God to release the builder's anointing upon your life, upon your hands right now in the name of Jesus? Oh, yes, yes. Lord, release it. I receive the builder's anointing right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you praying, somebody? Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray right now and receive the builder's, builder's, builder's anointing right now. In the name of Jesus, receive it, receive it, receive it. In the name of Jesus, ah, Lord, we receive the anointing to build cities, the anointing to build houses, the anointing to build your house. We receive that anointing this morning. In the name of Jesus, receive it in Jesus' name. And we will shout a big amen. Lift up your hand, I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for every soul under the sound of my voice. May this anointing rest upon them right now. In the name of Jesus, the anointing to build cities, the anointing to build houses, the anointing to build your house. I pray, O oh God, that they will not tire from this noble cause of building your house. We shall build God's house. We shall establish a foundation for many generations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.